Wow, do we have a lot of news to discuss today, everyone. Oh my gosh, I'm looking at what's going on with poor Jesse Waters over at Fox. I like him very much. And all of a sudden, the left is on the attack. And my question is, why is no one in the organization defending him? We'll talk about that. I'm going to bring you fully up to speed. Plus, Donald Trump just taking the stand there in New York in that Gene Carroll case. I've got details on that. And and Peter Navarro, can we get a quick glimpse of what just went down? I'm going to ask Drew in the control room there. I, I mean, this is unbelievable. Take a quick peek. So what I'm going to do is uh, say a few words, and I'm going to have um, uh, several these fine attorneys uh, behind me. Gosh, you hear that? Uh, you hear that? Uh, but that feed coming to us thanks to our friends here. over at Newsmax. We're going to talk all about Navarro. Four months in jail, talking about taking one for the team, right? Because he... He defied a subpoena. Didn't Hunter sort of defy a subpoena as well? We're going to get into everything. Welcome to the program, everyone. I'm Trish. Trish Regan. This is the Trish Regan Show. We are brought to you in part by LegacyPMInvestments.com. 1-866-589-0560. A little bit later in the program, I want to talk about that GDP report that came out. I'm not buying it, but we'll save that because we do have a lot to get to. A lot of breaking news on the political front. This just happening moments ago, Donald Trump taking the stand for like all of five minutes in New York City because apparently it wasn't going so well no, not so well, because um, here's the New York Post headline. You can always count on them for a good play on words, right? Under loath. So clearly, Trump doesn't like this judge. The judge doesn't like Donald Trump. The judge apparently snapped at Donald Trump after he muttered, I don't know this woman. He, he really doesn't you know, have many nice things to say about this woman. And so this is a defamation case, the second one, actually. And they're looking at at what they're going to award in terms of damages. They're talking about possibly $10 million to her. Reed Hoffman, incidentally, you know, one of the tech bros that started LinkedIn, he's actually a Democrat and he's financing this. Just just keep that that in mind, right? Like, this is how she's able to do this because of the um, good fortune of Reed Hoffman backing her. So apparently there's there's been this like sort of back and forth. And uh, according to the post, it actually didn't even last five minutes. It was more like, more like three minutes. (laughs) So defamation, because apparently um, every time her name comes up, he kind of lets loose. In particular, this is what happened just moments ago. He's saying, look, I just want to defend myself. I just want to defend myself. But apparently because of the restrictions and the defamation rules, he's not allowed to do that. Because every time he tries, then it lands him back in court and it costs him more money. In this case, possibly $10 million. Former President Trump took to the stand, the New York Times writes, in his own defense on Thursday. It's good that he's able to do that. That, that was one of the questions. Remember whether or not he'd even be able to take the stand in defense of himself in the civil trial for E.J. Carroll's defamation lawsuit against him, a case that grew out of that accusation, the New York Times writes, uh, coming from the department store dressing room back in the mid-90s, uh, the, the assault there. So these, these allegations came forward, and, um, well, you know, here we are now looking at the second defamation case because he keeps on saying, look, I didn't do this, and then says a few other things about her, and then it becomes a problem. And he's like, hey, I just want to defend myself. How can I not defend myself? So this is, once again, another big issue. I keep saying, look, like he's Teflon. They keep piling these lawsuits on him, and he keeps winning. I have amazing new poll numbers to show you. I think it's really shaking up the Dems right now, really, 
really shaking them up, as it should, by the way, because when you see these poll numbers, you're going to understand just exactly why they are. Oh, oh, Drew gave it away. Drew gave it away. <laughs> I was going to save it, but there you go. Wow. He's like surging, surging, surging. He's now leading Biden nationally by six points. 25% of voters, however, do say that they are undecided. 65%. They're like, really, do we have to have a rematch? We're going to get into this analysis a little bit deeper coming up. UAW came out in support of him, at least the uh, leaders at the UAW. I don't think it's going to do any good. But before we do, Peter Navarro getting heckled, heckled. Ladies and gentlemen, he didn't show up for a subpoena. Don't we know somebody else who didn't? Sure, do? is, we, uh, we can get into that. But watch. We have uh, uh, several. He, he's given a statement. Fine attorneys uh, behind me uh, say a few words, uh, but <clears throat> the, the top line here is that. Hey, uh, knock it off, Mr. Uh, where is, he, he can yeah. barely the talk. Look, at they've got a sign. That, if you're listening uh, to this on Apple Podcasts, saying lock him up. Has already filed the appeal uh, in this case. This is got a case going. Of first impressions that I have said from day one is destined for the Supreme Court. Wow, look at the signs. Peter Navarro really is a liar. The important question. <clears throat> They're actually holding a sign for somebody else's Congress. This is awful. So Peter Navarro was one of the president's top aides. I have known Peter for years, like many, many years. I mean, going back to CNBC. He actually used to annoy me sometimes back then because that was back when he was a lib. <laughs> he was at UC Berkeley. But I'll tell you this, Peter, on one thing, whether he's left or right, he's consistent on one single thing, and that is China. That is China. He has always been very, very concerned about the threat of China, specifically the economic threat of China. So now he's 74 years old, and he was supposed to show up for this subpoena, and he didn't. And say, so you want to talk about taking one for the team, right? This is Peter Navarro going to prison for four months because he didn't show up for the subpoena. I wonder what's going to happen, by the way, with Steve Bannon, because I don't think he showed up for his subpoena either. I mean, this is, this is something. This is Harvard-trained, Harvard-trained economist. Yeah, he's, he's a smart guy. And I, I'm going to credit him with this. Like, he was all over China and the threat of China before anyone totally got it. I, we're going back at least 15, 16 years. Maybe I haven't known him for 20, but at least 15 or 16. And I can remember he used to come on my CNBC show. We would talk about China. And I thought he was kind of dramatic. I thought he was kind of overplaying it. Full, full disclosure, guys. I mean, I, you know what? Credit where credit is due. This guy got it. He understood the threat that China represented to us economically, socially, militarily. And so he was well aligned as an advisor with Donald Trump because he saw this threat. And so when he didn't show up for the subpoena, well, you know, all H-E-L-L broke loose. And now the guy's going to jail. For four months, he's got some $6,000 fine. Wow. Okay, so you got you to show up for your subpoena. All right, so, so, so be it. So, so why didn't Hunter Biden show up for his subpoena? Thank you very much. Or maybe he did. I mean, how, how exactly would one characterize what Hunter Biden did or did not do. So he said he wasn't going. He tried to zoom in. They said, mm-mm. So then finally he goes, and you want to talk about the mother, you know what, of all hearings. Remember that one? Like, by the way, no one looked good in that. The, the, the GOP didn't look so good either. But you know who really didn't look good? 
it was Hunter Biden. I think if we have this, we're going to play it for you because it was memorable. He showed up, maybe so he wouldn't be in contempt of court. And then he walks out as soon as Marjorie Taylor Greene tries to ask a question. Take a peek. Gentlemen, time's expired. Chair, recognize Ms. Green from Georgia for five minutes. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter. Oh, Apparently, oh, you're afraid of my words. Uh, here goes. <laughs> oh. I like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman. Burst their bubble. <laughs> wow, that's too bad. It is too bad. But is he trying to hide behind that? Is he saying, well, I'm different than Peter Navarro. I don't have to go to jail for four months because one, daddy's president. And two, I did actually go, even though I was kind of a jerk. <laughs> I mean, it, look, the, 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 kid, uh, the kid, I shouldn't call him a kid. I mean, he's older than me. This is, this is not a kid. He may seem like he makes childlike decisions, but trust me, he is not a kid in any way, shape, or form. You know, the, the left is trying to convince you that somehow, you know, the, the right, they're big old meanies. They're just going after Hunter, and it's not fair, and it's not right, and Joe Biden is just a pop trying to do good by his son. And so they, they take a lot of offense if you dare to suggest anything about, well, I don't know, Joe Biden not being necessarily the best father and not the best president? In other words, do they kind of go hand in hand, that sort of patriarchal kind of quality where the kids are all falling in line? And by the way, the Border Patrol does what it needs to do. You know, you're minding the store, so to speak. Just like you take care of your family, you take care of your country. Is there a similarity to those things and, and thus... Is Joe Biden sort of lacking that basic DNA? That's the question that, to me, is sort of fair game and that Jesse Waters recently brought up, as he should. Jesse uh, took over for Tucker at 8 o'clock, and Jesse's a good guy, and he's a patriot, and he has a very specific viewpoint, and he brought this up. And, oh, my gosh, the vultures are coming out one after another because apparently Biden's granddaughter took offense Yes, me entirely contrived, entirely contrived. But before we get to how offended she was, just watch the clip. Here's what Jesse had to say. Take a peek. Oh, I knew Biden was bad on the border because he's not the best father. The man can't say no to his own son. He can't say stop. He can't have consequences for actions. And that's what you need. You need a man in charge on the border to say this is not going to be allowed. And if you do break in, this is. Okay. So, so he goes on he's like, you know, you can't do this and you need somebody who kind of gets it right. And there's a, a quality. And by the way, it doesn't, I, I guarantee you, Jesse would say it doesn't necessarily have to be a man or it could be a woman too, right? Like anybody, like it's a motherly instinct. It's a fatherly instinct. It's a family instinct. If you're a parent, you don't want people busting into your house and hurting your, your, your family members, like, Joe, what's going on? So this is actually a fairly logical, good argument. But, you know, the left doesn't like it when you got a good and logical argument, and they don't like it when somebody's getting a lot of attention, a lot of people listen to them like they're listening to Jesse just like they did to Tucker. So what happens? Oh, Naomi, 
the little granddaughter, she comes out, not little, she's 30 something, and she's got a tweet. I'm telling you, first of all, before I read it, just know that this is contrived. You know how I know it's contrived? I know it's contrived because she got the little video clip in there. This is not like easy stuff to do. I know she's not much younger than me, but like you got to kind of know your way around social media to pull this off. And and she got even like the low, we call them uh, captions, right? The closed captions. She's got all of that. So you see, you can read it. And she had to go and find this and pull this. So I, I just have a sneaky feeling somebody might have helped. Just saying. I mean, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's a pretty sophisticated line of attack. She writes, I have heard so many lies about my family. It takes a lot to make me upset. This crosses the line. Not sure how this man can call himself a reporter. And I hope he never has a son or daughter who struggles with anything. You can disagree with his policies without being this ugly. Guys, did you think it was that ugly? Can we play it again? I just want to keep this all in perspective. Is this ugly? Tell me. Oh, I knew Biden was bad on the border because he's not the best father. The man can't say no to his own son. He can't say stop. He can't have consequences for actions. And that's what you need. You need a man in charge on the border to say this is not going to be allowed. And if okay, so she's saying this is really ugly. I mean, I don't know. I have seen. I'll be honest, Naomi. I've seen uglier. I mean, I really have. There's been a lot. I mean, I've, I've seen uglier, by the way, on that laptop. Just saying. Um, so this now is a huge story. And Jesse is in a bit of trouble for it. And thus far, I have not seen any defense coming out of Fox. Let's see all of the stories. I mean, if you do a Google search, oh my goodness, one after another, everybody's. Look at the Daily Beast, Business Insider, Boston Globe, Yahoo News, Salon, The Hill. I mean, they're just, oh, Huffington Post, they are just piling on. There are many, many, many more. And they all have the same headlines, don't they? Hey, Drew, let's play that again, because I want to see the headlines here. Take a look. Okay. Naomi Biden says Jesse Waters' remark crosses the line. Naomi, oh, we got to slow down, I think, because we're going too fast. I can't, maybe, maybe Drew can slow it a little bit for us, because I think that there's a similarity here. Naomi Biden says Fox's Jesse Waters crosses a line. Naomi Biden says Jesse Waters' remark crosses the line. Naomi Biden, daughter of Hunter Biden, calls out Fox News host for ugly remarks about family. Okay, we got to credit the Boston Globe, owned by the New York Times. They get it a little bit different. Biden's granddaughter slams Jesse Waters for ugly remark, crosses the line. Joe Biden's granddaughter strikes back at Fox News host's ugly attack. This crosses the line. This crosses the line. This crosses the line. This crosses the line. Wow. Biden's granddaughter slams Jesse Waters for ugly remark, quote, crosses the line. You get the theme here, ladies and gentlemen. You can't cross that line. Don't you dare cross that line. I mean, you can cross the borderline. <laughs> you just don't go near Joe Biden's parenting skills, apparently. So I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, so where's Fox? Like defending opinion and speech and this, that, and the other. Well, thus far, and you know, hey, you know, it's still early in the day, I guess. Thus far, we haven't seen anything from them. That's not a very good sign for Jesse. I, I, I think he'll be okay. I hope he's okay. I mean, they don't want to go through this one again. But you look at these stories. 
Here's one in the Daily Mail, which, by the way, you, you know I like the Daily Mail. I talk about the Daily Mail all the time. We're going to show actually one of their stories, one of their polls coming up. But this is the Daily Mail's interpretation. They also have the crossing the line bit in there. Jesse Waters crossing the line after he granted Biden a bad father who can't say no. And it reads a very sort of pointed viewpoint here, okay? They said, in a bizarre rant, Waters, who left his wife of nine years, the mother of their twin daughters for a Fox News producer who is 13 years his junior, attempted to tie Biden's border policies with parenting during a broadcast from New Hampshire. So, whoa, they're like vultures going in. So now they're like, how dare you go after his family? You think you're going to do that? We're going to go after your family. And so they're calling it a bizarre rant. I'm kind of surprised again. It's coming from Daily Mail. And they're pointing to his own personal life, which, look, the guy, what does he do for a living? His job is to go on television and talk about politicians in a way that everyday Americans can understand. You don't think that someone on the left would do exactly the same and a whole lot more to Donald Trump? I mean, can you imagine if Eric Trump lived the lifestyle or junior of of Hunter Biden or Ivanka, for that matter? I mean, my gosh, it would be game over, would it not? Yes, of course we know that. But you're not allowed to go here. And again, thus far, I guess some of these media reports, including the, the Yahoo story, they've contacted Fox and Fox had no comment. So that doesn't look so good. But, you know, Fox is in a whole lot of trouble. I mean, they just paid, what, $787 million to Dominion? And they've got the Smartmatic going. I mean, they, they kind of need to win friends and influence people right about now. They're kind of nervous. They got new management, right? Rupert's gone, Lachlan's in. So uh, what do they do? Well, hopefully Jesse's fine. And, and I suspect he, he will be. I mean, he, they're kind of banking on him right at 8 o'clock. And I, I think this will actually help his ratings so long as no one totally freaks out. But hey, you got the granddaughter of the president calling you out in a really coordinated way with everybody picking up the exact same headline and everybody now piling on Jesse Waters and on Fox. And hey, we've seen this movie before. Have we not, friends? We're all friends here, right? I've certainly seen this movie before. You know that. And uh, I think Tucker Carlson has seen this movie before in a much more massive kind of way because he was called out. You know, this this is Naomi Biden, but Tucker was called out by Senator Chuck Schumer on the floor of Capitol Hill because Chuck Schumer didn't like his J6 reporting. Remember this? Millions of Americans tuned in to one of the most shameful hours we have ever seen on cable television. Fox News host Tucker Carlson ran a lengthy segment last night arguing the January 6th Capitol attack was not a violent insurrection. I don't think I... He goes on to say, if we still have it, I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like this. I don't think I've ever seen a news network do anything quite like this. Can we play a little more? Oh, maybe not. All right, well, we'll save it for another day, but you get the point, right? Chuck Schumer's doing that. The media and the left and Biden's granddaughter are doing that. And so the moral of the story is you're not allowed to go after Hunter, right? Just like before, I remember 2024 and somebody 
that would be the New York Post, decided to run the story about the laptop. And whoa, that was no-go territory. Like, no-go. Don't even think about it. Because we got 51X spooks that came out and said, this is nothing but misinformation. And Donald Trump, how dare you, in that now infamous debate, bring that issue up. Remember, I do. It's an open discussion, please. No, you, you, it's a act, fact. Well, there's, you there's have raised an issue. Let the Vice totally President answer. Discredited. Did Barista there was a report. Pay him 183,000 a, a month when, with when no he, experience he, in energy. Mr. Look, President, no my son did nothing wrong at Barista. I think he did, and Mr. President. Let him answer. He doesn't want to let me answer because he knows I have the truth. His, his position has been totally, thoroughly discredited. By who? And the great. media. By everybody. Well, by the, by media, the media, by our allies, by the World Bank, by, e by everyone has discredited. As a matter of fact, Mr. matter of fact, even Mr. the President, people who testified under oath. So let me ask oath, you this: Henry, No, no, oath, go ahead, Mr. Henry, I'm listening to you. People under you got three and a half million testified, dollars from Moscow. Te he testified under oath in his administration. I mean, it's, it's sort of amazing. It, it, it is amazing. And so, you know, Jesse Waters bringing up the fact that he's a father, etc. I know they want to say it's no-go territory. But, you know, and, and, and whether or not it relates to the border, I mean, I think there's some interesting parallels that are fair, are actually fair to discuss. But more importantly for me, I think back to that. And I think back to... The, the many, many questions we all have right now about just exactly how Hunter Biden made his living, why it was that he was getting $83,000 from a Ukrainian energy company that was sketchy at best, now defunct, Burisma, $83,000 a month, not just for him, another eighty-three k for his partner, for his business partner. So they're collecting big time off of Burisma in a board position, trust me, boards don't pay that well. I mean, I, I think they'd be uh, more fun to be on if they paid that well. $83,000 a month. And all coming at a time when his dad had a lot of say over Ukraine. And we still don't know the actual answers to this stuff. Come on, House Committee, would you get going? I mean, SARS, look at all the SARS reports, suspicious activity reports, tons of them. They were coming from Treasury about Hunter Biden's bank accounts while his dad was there as vice president. So that, to me, is incredibly troubling. And the fact that that story got shut down, totally shut off by a coordinated media effort, that's pretty scary. So now we're looking at another coordinated media effort. I just showed you all the coordinated headlines they decided to run with this. They're going to go after another Fox anchor because, hey, that's what they do for sport. And I'll tell you, if Fox isn't strong enough, they're going to find themselves really looking around saying, who the heck do we, who can we get? But you know what? Jesse's going to be fine. Jesse's going to be fine. He could go out on his own tomorrow and he'd do great because it's a new media business these days, shall we say. But the truth is this. No, it's not it stinks. I get it. The fact that, you know, you're in public office and now they're going after your son. Maybe your son, maybe he deserves it if he was selling your office, so to speak. We don't know. Those are allegations. I have my suspicions, but those are allegations. I would say this. Sure, I get it. You can't control your son. He's a full-grown man. But 
if you know he's got these challenges, if you know he's got these problems, if you know he's got these tendencies, maybe you don't choose such a public career. Maybe you stay on the speaking circuit. Maybe you stay at the University of Pennsylvania where you get all that Chinese money flowing in. Remember how donations went up as soon as he got his name on the plaque outside the building? Where uh, some of those really um, confidential documents were found. I mean, you could have continued doing that. But no, you had to run to be the president of the United States of America. And that indicates to me a certain level of selfishness. And if you're that selfish, how are you ever a good parent? If you're that selfish, how, how how do you really do your job well thinking about people, American citizens in an empathetic and understanding sensitive way. And I'm sorry, like this border thing is tough. I get it. You know what? Donald Trump had challenges as well. Like let's not sugarcoat it. He had issues too. I remember Lou Dobbs. He was on right before me on Fox business. He was going crazy. He's like, what's going on? Like they're still coming in. They're still coming. Why can't we seal our border? I get it. It's hard. But this particular administration has made this their calling card. They have wanted to welcome everybody. And by doing so, instead of saying a very different message, they have encouraged people to come here. And I think that there is a sense among anyone who wants to come here that you better do it now. You better do it now because you don't know how much longer Joe's going to be in office. And as long as he's there, it's worth coming. I mean, Kamala Harris was asked about this the other day. And what did Kamala say? Oh, we need more money at the border. And we need a path to citizenship for everyone. Wow, I mean, that is not going to play in Peoria, as they say. It's just not. Not when Americans are struggling. Not when Americans are struggling with inflation. So people in Texas, you know, they've kind of had it. (laughs) Texas is like, I've always said this, you don't mess with Texas, right? They're really upset. And you see, the Supreme Court just made a decision that that wire fence they put up in the state of Texas, well, the Supreme Court said Biden can take that down. So now there's this, like, standoff. And I wouldn't be surprised if this causes Texas to say, you know what, to hell with y'all. We're out of here. Succession, baby. Although, gosh knows what's going to happen before we get there. Because you have some 14 states. Actually, the number at this moment may be even higher than that. We've got a lot of states that are joining with Texas saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, this is, this is, This is not right. Texas should have a right to defend itself. Keep in mind, we have a constitution that requires, ladies and gentlemen, requires the federal government to defend at least Texas. They shouldn't be leaving this all on Texas's plate. Article 4, Section 4 of the Constitution says that the federal government will protect all of its states, its territories from Invasion, quote, invasion. So the question becomes, is this an invasion? If you ask the people of Texas, or frankly, even the people of Denver or parts of Brooklyn right now, they'd say, yeah, it's an invasion. Because we can't support these people economically, socially, etc. You know, here's a, a look at this right here. Um, the, the Constitution, as I mentioned, at no... St- oh, well, this is Section 10. This is something else. No state shall... Uh, enter into any agreement or compact with another state or a foreign power or engage in war unless 
actually invaded or in imminent danger. So if you're looking at this, this is what Texas is looking at. You get Governor Greg Abbott, who's saying he's got to invoke Article 1, Section 10, Clause 3, because the feds are not protecting Texas and they're under attack. And so according to this, there may be some wiggle room, right? Like you can actually get together with a bunch of other states and say, we are going to have a pact. We are going to have an agreement together because we're in a kind of warlike state. We're being invaded. This is wild. I mean, it's bonkers. Everybody said, like, are we going to get to this point? It feels like it. It feels exactly like it. I mean, I don't even like having to say these things. And in some ways, it's sort of amazing, these kind of holes and flaws that are being exposed. Because what do you do in a case like this? I mean, this was 5-4. This was a very divided court. Clarence Thomas coming down on the side of Texas, but Amy Comey Barrett, Roberts, they're over there saying, wait a second, no, Biden has every right to, to control this. And other states are like, no, you don't. No, you don't. So we're setting ourselves up for a massive challenge, a massive, considerable challenge. And I don't think, certainly not in our lifetime, have we seen anything like this. And that's alarming and it's frightening. (laughs) Maybe it's a good reason to buy gold. I'm laughing because I wanted to give a shout out to our friends at LegacyPMInvestments.com. Seems like an opportune time as we talk about the threat of all of these states joining with Texas and this standoff, let's call it a legal standoff for now. This is wacky. So yeah, if you're worried about the future or you're worried about inflation, maybe you take a look at some gold. <laughs> and, and if you're interested in doing this, and by the way, I do, I actually personally have invested in gold. I consider it one of those ways of diversifying my portfolio. And it's a different amount for everybody. And depending on your risk tolerance, et cetera, it's something you really should talk to your own personal financial advisor about. I'm certainly not that. Um, but the guys at Legacy Precious Metals, they sell gold. They have a feel for it. Again, do your own research. I encourage you to. But one 589 one That is their number, and you can give them a ring. This Texas story, though, let's go back to that map for just a second, because as I said, more and more states now are coming in and saying, okay, we're with Texas. Think about that. We're with Texas. I mean, and you got states that might be tipping over soon. I'm looking at Colorado that hasn't joined the likes of the red there, but we heard from the Denver mayor saying, this is nuts. We're spending 10% of our city budget on Migrants that are coming here undocumented that we cannot take care of. Something's got to give. Something does have to give. You've got New York City. Eric Adams, who's persona non grata with the Democrat administration right now, he's a Democrat. He's like, we can't handle this. And so you wonder if that, if that map is going to get increasingly red. And look, I think we started by saying don't mess with Texas. I'm thinking about the Alamo, which brings me to, to mention my, my very good friend, Leah Habib, he's got a terrific podcast, and I guarantee you they got a story on the Alamo in this one. I promise you. I, I'm certain it's got to be in there. And if it's not, let me know, and I'll talk to Lee for you because that's a phenomenon. I took my son there actually just a few years back, and we got um, a, a little history lesson there. It was pretty amazing. You could still see the 
bullets that had gone into the wall there at the Alamo. So San Antonio, Texas. Anyway, our American stories. I just want to give him a shout out because this is just tremendous podcast, tremendous strength. And I hope that you have downloaded mine as well. Reminder, make sure that you're subscribing on the Apple iTunes and the Spotify and the Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, Lee has a fantastic show and it celebrates everything that's wonderful about America, all the things that we've had to overcome, terrific stories about everyday folks and big deal folks, right? People that became amazingly successful, terrific entrepreneurial, inspiring stories, which is what I love that celebrate capitalism that celebrate this great meritocracy that cross over all this nonsense and all this politics and all these racial divisions, et cetera, et cetera, to just really focus on what matters. And that is really helping ourselves to help the next generation. And part of that means working hard and having opportunity and being able to preserve that opportunity. So Our American Stories, that is the name of the podcast with Lee Habib. I want you to check it out. I want you to go to all that platforms and just listen. Believe me, I don't steer you wrong, do I? I never steer you wrong. I told you inflation was coming. (laughs) I never steer you wrong, and this is one that I know you're going to love. Anyway, um, back to the news of the day here, because I'm I'm just appalled at everything that's happening. And then I see these poll numbers and I'm like, okay, I get it. Like the stakes are high, right? Ladies and gentlemen, these stakes are so high because Trump is beating Biden now by six points, according to a new Daily Mail poll here, new nationwide poll showing that there's a huge surge for the former president, a huge surge. I mean, think about that. How is he surging all of a sudden? I mean, they're throwing everything at him. Why should he be surging for goodness sakes? What about Nikki Haley? You know, so no, one, no one wants, likes her. Trump leads Biden by six points. 25% of voters, however, this is why, you know, anything can happen in politics, as they say, 25% of voters are still undecided. 65%, they're like, hey, we don't want this rematch at all. Does it really have to be Trump versus Biden? Interesting, because I suspect if that's in fact the case, you know what you're going to have happen? You're going to have a lot of the base on both sides come out to vote because other people are going to feel this fatigue. They're going to be exhausted. Oh my gosh, we have to do Trump versus Biden again. Weren't we, weren't we already there, been there, done that 2020. And so they're, if they're not enthused to go out and vote, who does that hurt? It hurts Biden because the Trump base is always going to be enthused. They're there no matter what. If everyone else is like, oh, I can't believe we have to do this again, and Biden's really running it, if he doesn't have his base, and he doesn't have it, not right now. It's why they're doing all this creative stuff, like you saw in South Carolina recently, trying to use this de- these divisive race issues, etc. If he doesn't have his base, then how is he going to win this thing? If people are exhausted and sick of it all, it's a good question. So he's trying, he's trying. He's got the UAW now suddenly coming out. You get the head of the UAW saying, I'm going to support you. We're going to support you, blah, blah, blah. Oh, and boy, did he take some shots at Trump. I want you to see this sound. UAW guy not holding back. Let's take it away, Drew. Let's see this guy. Donald Trump is a scab. Donald 
Trump is a billionaire, and that's who he represents. If Donald Trump ever worked in an auto plant, he wouldn't be a UAW member. He'd be a company man trying to squeeze the American worker. Donald Trump stands against everything we stand for as a union, as a society. When you go back to our core issues, wages, retirement, health care, and our time, that's what this election's about. This election's about who will stand up with us and who will stand in our way. Those are the questions that will win or lose this election and will decide our fate. Those are the questions that will determine the future of our country. So, so, so this guy, he, he, you heard him. Donald Trump's a scab. That's the, the president of the UAW saying that. <laughs> By the way, quick correction, that was a Reuters Ipsos poll. It was not Daily Mail. We were just uh, giving you the right through in the Daily Mail, but it was actually Reuters Ipsos. And it, it's a tremendous, tremendous poll because it shows that he has jumped from 34 to 40. So that's a huge gain just in, in the last few weeks. Wow, sizable, sizable, sizable gain. It, it was also Reuters Ipsos who did the last poll. So the head of the union wants you to know Donald Trump is a scav. He's bad news. He's bad for workers. But he's out there saying all this, what, for, 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 for the cameras, for, for Joe Biden? Because look at this. He went on with my, my former colleague over at Fox there, Neil Caputo, and, and he admitted that no, none of the workers are actually going to vote for Joe Biden. They're voting for Trump. So what the heck was that whole thing about? I think we know. Ka-ching, ka-ching. We know, we know, we know. But anyway, let's watch Neil Cavuto with the head of the UAW, where this guy actually says the truth, despite his big speech. Look, let me be clear about this. A great majority of our members will not vote for President Biden. Uh, yes, some will. Uh, but that's the reality of this. Uh, the majority of our members are going to vote their paycheck. Duh. I was just saying this just yesterday. I was saying this to you guys. You know what? It's fine for the president of the union who makes a lot of money to go out there and be all, you know, tough and say, oh, Donald Trump's a scab. But you know what? The people that are actually on the line, those auto workers, they're feeling the pain. They know what it's like to have higher grocery bills right now. They know what it's like to have to pay more money to be able to fill up their car. They know what it's like to not get big raises like the union bosses do or the company heads do. They know how tough it is in America right now. And they're looking at their life and they're saying, wait a second, who's going to fight for me? Is it Joe Biden who's obsessed with this diversity, equity, inclusion, DEI movement? that, by the way, has no use for some white middle-aged worker guy like me. That's what they're saying to themselves. Or are they going to go with the guy that actually is saying, we're going to protect your job, we're going to bring more stuff 
onshore. We're going to incentivize American companies. Remember he did this? He incentivized American companies to take all that money they've been parking offshore and bring it back to invest in companies and invest in people and invest in factories. That's what you call smart economic policy. I mean, don't give it all to Ireland. I love Ireland. Obviously, Trish Regan here, right? I love Ireland, but they got a way more competitive tax rate than the U.S. So Donald Trump was trying to find innovative ways to solve for that so we could bring jobs here, have important things like the semiconductor industry here. I mean, this is how you keep people in the game. You don't send every single job offshore. And so the UAW workers, they get that, they know that, and yes, they're going to vote for him. And that's why when you look at these polls and you dig in and you look at what's happening in places like Michigan, Pennsylvania, all of these swing states, guess what you see, ladies and gentlemen? You see Trump ahead by a lot. Wisconsin was a tie. I'll be curious to see some Wisconsin numbers in the coming days because if we can infer anything from this Reuters poll, He's climbing. He's surging. So how does the left run him? How do they run Biden knowing that no one likes him? Maybe, and I read this the other day, one of the analysts was saying, it was the CNN guy, um, one, he's, he's like a, a strategist that goes on there. Uh, his, I'm blanking on his name, forgive me. But anyway, he had what I thought was actually a smart point I don't think it would work, but he's like, you need to, to hide Biden. You need to, it didn't, I'm paraphrasing, but basically keep him back in the basement, right? Don't let him out much. And maybe you use the surrogates like the granddaughter to try and paint everybody else is just awful. But you can't let Biden do it because he can't actually do it. He can't actually really articulately defend himself. I mean, even if you do that, however, it's the record that Trump is going to run against. And as we continue to see challenges at the border, in the economy, et cetera, it's still going to be a problem. Now, we did get a little bit of good news on the economy today. I'm not buying it. Did you see this? 3.3% growth for the economy in the last quarter. I'm sitting there going, wait a second, let's wait and see the revision. Yeah, they're saying fourth quarter growth, 3.3%. You had strong consumer spending. It actually defied most of the predictions that were saying it was going to be tough. But again, like these things get revised, so I'll... I'll have a better sense of things when I see that revision. I do look at some of the jobs numbers that have come out recently, and we've seen a lot of layoffs. I mean, gosh, was it City that announced they were laying off 20,000 people? That's a lot. You've got tech companies that are laying off. You've got Amazon. You've got all kinds of companies laying off. So, again, there, there's a little bit of a lag factor going on. I don't know as I buy this, really, that 3.3% was the fourth quarter growth, or if it was, it was kind of the swan song <laughs> before before the uh, storms set in, because we, we've certainly got our challenges. And here, let me go out on a limb and say, even if it were true, even if we did, even if we had 6% growth, does it matter if no one feels good? If no one feels like they are on solid footing, I mean, psychology is important. This is why I said I predicted this would be Carter 2.0 when we got Joe Biden in the house. Except, you know, people say that Carter was actually a really nice guy. and <laughs> They can't really entirely say the same for Joe Biden. Like, this is seemingly like a Carter 2.0 environment. And if it's just a downer all the time, 
even if your economy is doing okay, like people aren't going to feel it. They're not going to, they're going to feel good about their future. And that's where we are right now. Not to mention like, you can't say anything, right? Cause everybody's, Ooh, you know, can't say this, can't say that. You might offend somebody. Oh, and whatever you do, be very, very careful when you talk about elections. I'll, I'll give you an example. We were just talking about New Hampshire, right? And I, I said to my team, even like, be very careful with the headlines because we want to be cautious Everybody was upset because it was the Democrats that came out in full force for Nikki Haley in that election. But I was like, okay, but but, but be careful because actually, and I'm from the state, it's independence. Everybody registers as an independent in New Hampshire so that they can go and vote in both primaries. They like it that way. And so you have people that passionately despise Donald Trump that have every intention of voting for Biden, but they came out as, quote, independents and just voted voted for the in the Republican primary for Haley as kind of a F you to Trump, right? But but you have to be so careful even how you couch that, et cetera. You know, everybody's careful because someone's gonna be offended by what you said. Unless of course you're the left. And then you can say absolutely positively whatever you want. I mean, wouldn't you be offended when when you heard and we have heard Rachel Maddow and other MSNBC people going on about how Donald Trump is basically, you know, Hitler. I I mean, if I were Jewish, I'm like, whoa, okay. Like that's, that's kind of going too far guys because there were millions of people that died. Jews that died. They were nearly obliterated off the planet. Thanks to that man. And now, now you're saying that the Donald Trump is that, I mean, that, that's kind of going a little too far, don't you think? But, you know, if you're on the left, you can say whatever you want. You can even joke about whether or not somebody really won an election or not. This is great. So Peter Ducey, a lot of Fox stuff today, huh? Peter Ducey, his dad, you know, Steve Ducey, lovely, lovely family. Peter Ducey, he's just, he's just kicking you-know-what there as a White House reporter at Fox. And he put KJP on the spot. I'm going to show it to you in a minute because he's sort of like, well, what? Like, we can joke about this stuff now? You can't joke about this stuff right now, as I said, unless you're Biden. So watch what Joe Biden had to say when recently in Virginia about that governorship and the election, etc., Hello, Virginia. And the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. Again, one side gets to do that. Well, Peter noticed this, so he decided to to ask a few little questions about this. I want you to watch the exchange with KJV at the White House. This is great. This, you know what? We need to call them out on this on this you know what because it's just wrong that only one side can say what they want and the other side can't take a peek is election denying a joke now what do you mean you have to say more than just make a random statement (laughs) why did the president say hello virginia and the real governor terry mccall he was making a joke about terry he was making a joke. joke he did not deny So he can joke about that? I mean, was it a joke when Jimmy Carter told John McEachum that 
Donald Trump was not a legitimate president was not a joke, wasn't even a joke. He, he actually, a former president of the United States came out and slammed Donald Trump and the election process, going so far as to say, well, you know, he won with the help of the Russians. Wow. Okay, and then Hillary Clinton and company, they rolled that one all the way to the bank. So I don't know, like, why one side can joke about it or flat out say it, but God help you if you do. Right? God help you. I mean, what is what does it come to? What has it come to? We got social crazy stuff going on. I mean, this company, I, I have to do this story because I it's worth talking about Target again. This is the company that had the um the um Oh, what were the, the, the nutcracker things, the, the gay nutcracker? Jesse Waters had some fun with that. They went after him. Oh, that was, that was actually a, that was a great clip. But I'm going to have to show you that at some point this week. We'll save that one for tomorrow. But anyway, uh, Target, Target is back in the hot seat right now. Target is all about their wokeness. Target cares very much about making sure they include everyone, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Only that, you know, this is a company that has struggled I spoke with the former vice chairman of Target just uh, rather recently, actually, and he was making the point that not only are they struggling from sort of the do they get their customer standpoint in the political environment, dicey political environment that we are in, but they also just, they got messy aisles, they got too much inventory, they're not really running it right. So they, they have too much inventory on some things, but apparently not on others. Have you guys heard of... Stanley Cups. So I wasn't really like, you know, here I am like looking at GDP and China's economy and whatever the latest is coming out of Iran and, you know, it's it's wonky, wonky stuff. So sometimes I miss, full disclosure, the big pop culture phenomenon. Just, Just know that about me. I'm a little bit of a dork and like I care more about the Fed and the markets than I do about things like Stanley Cups. But this has like been creeping into my life lately because somehow one of the kids made a reference to this and I'm like, what? They're like, how can you not know what a Stanley Cup is? You're a mom, like you're a suburban mom. You should know what a Stanley Cup is because they are all the rage. Before I tell you what Target's doing here, let's, let's watch this woman who like the internet is going crazy because she's some kind of TikToker and she's got zillions of Stanley cups, which is like, I guess the equivalent of having a whole lot of Louis Vuitton purses these days. She got slammed. Do we have the video, Drew? I want to show them this. If it, Cause she was like bragging about how she's got 13 Stanley cups and she doesn't even bother to clean them all. Maybe, maybe we, if we don't, it's okay. But uh, this, she's, she's a woman out of Texas and apparently she does like a whole bunch of day-to-day life stuff. I think we have it. Yeah. All right. So let's watch her, this woman out of Texas who is so uh, proud of her 13 Stanley Cups that she doesn't need to clean them. Rather, she has so many, she can just find another. And so she gets it back out of her kitchen cabinet. She's got 9,500 followers. I think we're doing a little better here on YouTube, right? I'm going to get to your comments in just a little bit. Maybe well, we may not have her. Don't worry about it. Okay, so this influencer lady, she's slammed here. Everybody's like, how can you have 13 and how can you not, how can you not clean them? And I'm like, what? Like, really? So 
the reason I'm telling you the story is because Target's in trouble. A lot of people now, they're, they're targeting their employees. I don't know how anybody even wants to work for them these days. They're firing people because apparently there's a limit on how many Stanley Cups you can buy if you work at Target. Two, two only, two only. I hope they get a discount. <laughs> so the, the Target employee handbook apparently says that purchasing high demand merchandise is prohibited. So consequently, if you are somebody who goes and purchases these particular items, this is all Stanley Cups, limit is two per guest. This reminds me of when I was first shopping for paper towels at, at uh, was it Home Depot during the dark days of 2020, and they'd have a big sign, limit, two paper towels per customer. <laughs> this is Target with these stupid Stanley Cups. Apparently, they, like, really keep your drink warm or cold. I don't really care. Seems like a total waste, but everybody's really into these things, and now you can actually get fired from Target if you buy too many. So worth knowing in the spirit of too much information. But again, this is a company that's been highly challenged. It's kind of bought into this whole atmosphere of let's do this and let's be this to all people. I just wanted to take a look at their stock price. You guys, this is a live show. We are in live time. We get the market having just ended up about six tenths of a percent there on the Dow Jones industrial average, about half a percent there on the S and P. So a lot of people taking heart, if you would, in that GDP report, which I'm not totally buying, but you know what? I will say this. Sometimes you kind of have to divorce fundamentals from what's actually going on in the overall marketplace. It's kind of a critical thing to do because you're always trying to guess and gauge where the Fed is coming in, whether or not this money spigot is going to stay open. You know the drill. And so the investors, sometimes, you know, down is up and up is down. And I'm just looking at the stock price and actually... It's 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 recovered somewhat. Uh, let me take a look year to date. You know, actually, no, year to date, it's still down. So we're looking at it about $140 in after close trading. It did end the day at 142 a gain of better than 2% there, again, on target, ladies and gentlemen. So the question, though, I mean, when you look at it year to date, is really is it going to be able to uh, manage itself enough? It's down. I mean, I'm just looking, even if we go back to 21, it was in the $200. Kind of reminds me a little bit of Disney, right? These, these woke companies that are just insane. And then, Hey, did you guys see that? Like what keeps me up at night? What, what am I fearful about for Michelle Obama? It's Trump for Trish Regan. It's these guys. Yeah. Drew, do you have a picture of this? Alligators, alligators, like real alligators. Before we get to frozen alligators, can we say, actually, this is, this is courtesy of Drew because he's lucky enough to live in Florida. I said, I'm never going there. I can't go to Florida because you know what? You guys have alligators. Those things, like out on the golf course. Whoa. Like those really, really freak me out. Like I like golf. I'm an okay golfer. I used to play a lot as a kid up in Maine. And uh, I went down, took some lessons in Kiwa, and I saw these things everywhere. Just like they have in Florida. I'm like, forget about it. Like my whole, my stroke is gone. Everything. I'm all tense. Like you got an alligator on your golf course. You had me at alligator. Okay. Like in the Northeast, we have deer in other parts of the country. They have alligators. And you know, if you don't grow up with them, they're pretty darn intimidating. These things are like dinosaurs. So I can't imagine like if I were out on a walk 
And I, I came across a pond and I saw this. This is the thing. The frozen alligators apparently causing quite a stir in North Carolina. I want to go back to this video because I'm like, whoa, first of all, you shouldn't be skating on this pond because it's probably not frozen enough. But nonetheless, that's wild, right? So they have this whole process. It's kind of like an incubation process, but they call it something else. And they, they freeze themselves and so they have very little awareness when they're in this kind of hibernation thing. So they, 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 they it's just weird. Like, it's really weird. You imagine, like, you're walking along and all of a sudden you see that and you don't want to wake them up because, you know, what do they say? Don't wake a sleeping bear. Don't wake a frozen alligator. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Um, you know, it's, it's actually, it's, it's like a, a sensation online now because everybody's posting them and apparently they have them in Texas and they have them in North Carolina. And, uh, I, I just, I, I, I'm curious, like if we get Texas, North Carolina folks and, and people that are like used to living with them, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on it. Again, like this is one thing that's going to scare me. It would be those alligators. Okay, heading out to some of your comments here on this wonderful afternoon. Again, as we learn more about what Peter Navarro's fate is going to be, I am curious to find out just exactly when Steve Bannon is actually due for his sentencing because he's another one that said, you know what, I want no part of this. I am not going to be subpoenaed. I'm not going to testify against my former boss. And as a result, they're like, okay, buddy, you know, you're in, you're in, you're in deep water. Um, and, and this is something that, uh, that they've hit members of the Trump administration with. And by the way, let's be very clear. They're also hitting members of the uh, current Biden administration in, in different ways. I mean, I would just point out, like, we're still waiting on Hunter. And I guess he's going to go on that technicality. That, yeah, he showed up. I showed up. Frozen iguanas falling from trees, Mike. That's, that's pretty scary stuff. That's really, really scary stuff. Um, okay, Leslie, I love this. Leslie joins us. She's one of the, the Reganites here. And she's talking about the video I brought up the other day. You know, that actually didn't get a lot of play, guys. I was sort of surprised by that. And I think it's because, have you followed this story? Like, Taylor Swift has actually said that there's these AI images. Not that I want to encourage anybody to let go. It's terrible. It's actually really sad. So they have some rather explicit images of her that they created on AI, and it's terrifying. And this is the new world in which we live, right? So you got to verify, verify everything. I'm going to use the Reagan term, trust but verify. But in this case, don't trust. Don't trust. So that story has not gotten a lot of play, and I'm a little surprised, Leslie, but I think that actually um, it, it's just hard, you know, with the whole Taylor thing, given all the concerns surrounding what's going on with her right now. I actually I, I feel bad. Um, you know, I, April, you agree with me, right? Like deer is a much better thing to have around you than alligators. I do have a coyote in my neighborhood. I will, I will tell you that. That's a legitimate concern I have because I'm not so sure like how I'm going to feel about, you know, if I'm walking at night and I see the coyote. That, that kind of, that, that, that stops me sort of dead in my tracks. And you've met my little dog, Fluffy. I don't think he could take on that coyote, although, you know, you'd, you'd be surprised. He, he thinks he's a big deal. Anyway, Don, good to have you here again. They all taste like chicken. Has anybody tried alligator? I have. I have. And um, it does taste like chicken. You're right. I, t I tried it in Florida. I went to this like alligator farm. I'm trying to like, I'm trying to like meet my fear straight on, right? Like, what do they say? You got to conquer your fear. Is this that, what do you call that? That immersion therapy or something? I went and I ate one. 
So I'm like there. <laughs> anyway, yeah, it was a little tougher than chicken that I would say. Um, somebody, oh, I'm learning interesting things about you guys. Craig, you, you actually, you kept rattlers? Not in your house, I hope. <laughs> it must have been quite a summer. He says summer 2020. That was, that was quite a summer in more ways than one. But um, Craig had a, a couple snakes. Ooh. Um, hey, Drew, do you have that? Drew like sees everything in Florida. Do you have that picture you were showing me earlier of the... The, remember the, 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 the giant snake? Was that a boa in Florida? Ooh, like this thing completely freaks me out. I don't, I don't know if you can show you it, but this one, I was like, whoa, man. Like, I'm not so sure. There, oh no, that's the alligator. Do you have it? Like, they, anyway, Drew showed me a picture of this giant boa snake that was on another golf course. And uh, I'm just like, no, like, I'm the kind of person that when we go on vacation, I'm like, okay, what are the potential hazards here? Uh, okay, you, you get crocodiles there, you get tarantulas, you get bow constrictors. Okay, maybe we don't, don't need to go there this year. Anyway, you know, that's what happens when you grow up in New Hampshire. And like, you really don't have any wildlife threats other than some black bears, which typically don't really hurt you. They freak me out too. Like, they definitely freak me out. Yeah. Anyway, it's, it's, it's a funny thing to talk about. I, I think um, my aunt, she grew up in Arizona, and uh, she, she was used to seeing all kinds of things. And I'm like, wow, really? Like, yeah, it's, it, it is what it is. Um, market investing, Don is talking about, uh, is full of morons. He said, you know, yeah, the market investing um, arena is actually full of morons, but you have to understand, I'm going to tell you this, guys, you have to understand where the morons are going, right? So there's a little bit of groupthink that goes on, and they're not always right, but sometimes you can't, as they say, fight the Fed. I mean, if we sit there and we say, we're not going to invest in the market at all, we're just going to stay on the sidelines. I was looking at an old iPhone the other day from mm, about 11 years ago, 12 years ago, and the Dow was at 11,000, and today... It's upwards of 38,000. So it goes up and down, but you can't sit there and say, well, I'm just not going to participate because I don't believe in this or, you know, inflation is so bad. No, that's where diversification comes in. little plug for legacy precious metals again. But yeah, I mean, that's, you just have to be smart about understanding sort of where these trends are going. Mike says he's not shopping at Target anymore. I get it. I get it. And uh, uh, again, you guys are mentioning Bud as well. You crack me up. You really do. I love seeing you. I love that we're here together. I love that so many of you join the little Reganites arena where we're, uh, we're, we're scheming and coming up with new ways to deliver content exclusively to you guys. Anyway, thank you so much. It really is good to see you all this afternoon. We got another big show tomorrow. It's like the news just keeps on coming and coming and coming and coming. But I am here. I promise you every day for you. I'm committed. It's a, it's a, scary time. Um, I was a history student, history major, and I'll tell you right now, we're living history. Like we are on the front lines of history every single day. And it's important that we keep our wits about us indeed. So make sure you subscribe, make sure you like, make sure you share, and I'll be back with you tomorrow.